0: Could we give the Lord a 47th Psalm right now? Clap your hands, oh you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, would you help me tonight? Thank you, great God. Thank you, great God. Don't you love the Lord? He's been good to us, hasn't he? There's nobody like our God. I love him tonight. Amen. It's good to be amongst... Brethren tonight, the people of God, so thankful for the body of Christ, and uh, it's good to be back in the great state of Louisiana. Thank the Lord for you precious people of God. Um, if someone were to ask how much I love coming to Louisiana, the only way I could answer that uh, would be that some some of you men will understand where I'm coming from tonight. I am missing opening Day of bow season to be here. I've got a I've got a brand new Matthews phase four that's never had a drop of blood on it. And I'm not going to get to hunt till next week. But it's good to be here. Man, I'm glad to be here. Thankful for the spirit of the Lord that I feel, thankful for the invitation to be here. And uh I look around the room tonight and and, uh, see a lot of folks that I've loved for a long time, and uh, I'm grateful for the invitation to be here. As we were coming in, Brother Thornton was driving tonight, and we were just talking uh, little towns we were coming through. My mind was flooded with memories of precious men of God, revivals that my dad preached here when I was a little boy, and places I preached, we drove by a church I said last time I preached in that building I was 16 years old and uh, God's been good to me some of the fondest memories in my life have happened right here within a stone's throw of this church building tonight and I love you precious men of God and thank the Lord for you would y'all mind tonight if we just sit down with a good cup of community coffee at the table and just talk can we do that tonight I'm going to preach to you but it's probably going to be a little different than it would uh, under a normal occasion at a minister's conference or something I feel like I've got a word from the Lord but I'm going to talk to you from my heart tonight I'm just going to talk straight to you I'm going to preach a little different men's conferences and men's meetings are a little bit different we're tough and, and if I was just being honest we're hard headed and sometimes we need somebody besides our wives to talk to us and let us know what's going on my wife's not here to boss me around so y'all are all in trouble we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13 tonight. Brother Stevenson, I give you honor. It's so good to be in this pulpit. i um, thankful for the opportunity. And uh, I'm always looking for a good excuse to be with my buddy, Brother Thornton. So good to be with him. And uh, I caught wind that Brother Poole was coming tonight to be here. And I'm like, you know, the preachers that are here this evening. Asking me to preach in front of these guys is like asking me to do a real estate conference in front of Donald Trump. We got some preachers in the house tonight, and uh, I'm thankful. I'm going to tell you, people can say what they want to, but it's preaching that's pulled many out of a pit. And it'll work. I believe it'll work when nothing else will. I believe you can, I'm probably going to get in trouble, but. I believe you can move your pulpit off if you want to and get your little table and sip on coffee and preach in your ripped jeans and Hawaiian shirts if that's what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you what I've seen in my lifetime. When an anointed man of God gets behind this sacred desk and opens up his mouth, it'll reach lower than you can reach up. The word of God can find you. Aren't you thankful for preachers tonight? Oh, God, come on, let's thank the Lord for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to Matthew 13. Brother Glasswell, it's good to see you. longtime friend. Preached for us many times through the years when he was evangelizing. If you'd have told me 15 years ago this is where you were going to settle down, I'd have never believed it. He said, I still don't. I'm going to read one verse to you tonight. Matthew 13 and verse 44, if you would, please. Matthew 13 and 44, I give honor to all the men of God here tonight, leadership, thank the Lord for you. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, everybody say a man, Amen. this is a man's meeting tonight, when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. The kingdom of heaven is like the treasure that when a man finds it, he hides it, sells everything he has, and he buys the field. Uh, Read this many times uh, in my life, but I believe the Lord's going to speak to somebody here tonight from this simple little passage of Scripture If you promise to help me preach, will you do that? Could we just call on the name of the Lord together right now? God, we're grateful. God, I'm asking you for an unction to rest on me tonight. There's men in this place that need to hear from heaven. I'm asking you, God, to use me tonight. God, I believe there's some men weighing in the balance of eternity tonight in this room. Help me, Lord, to adequately convey the words of life that you have breathed into my spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Men, could we put our Bibles down and just clap unto the Lord and worship Him? Thank you, God. God, I love you enough. Praise. You've been so good to me, Lord. I love you, I love you, I love you. Thank you, great God. May the Lord richly bless you. You may be seated. I just want to tell you, you can take your floaties off tonight, take your life jacket off. We're not going to be in the deep end of the pool. I'm going to preach to you from the shallow end tonight. I very seriously doubt you'll be snoring in Greek and dreaming in Hebrew before I'm done. But I do believe that God can help somebody in this place. I, uh, I told Brother Thornton before church, I said, I just can't get addicted to this feeling that I, that I have before I preach. I like the feeling I have when I'm done. But there's something about it when you know, and maybe this is just old-fashioned, but that's all right. I'm still one of those preachers that believes that every service may be the one. I'm just one of those preachers that believes this Sunday morning may be the one that your kids, we've been praying for. Walks through the door. And I I don't want to just download some little old sermon and bring it to the pulpit and preach and go eat fried chicken. You know what? I I believe it's the will of God that every time we come together, we hear from the Lord. I believe it's the will of God that we hear from the Lord. Amen. Amen. And uh, there's more men here tonight that I don't know than I do know. And uh, I had not been talking to anybody's pastor, so I'm not here tonight to throw darts. I don't know who's here, but I do believe uh, that the Lord has sent me here to help a man tonight. And uh, I've been up since about 2 o'clock your time this morning, headed to the airport to catch my flight. And I didn't come all this way to just preach a pretty sermon but I'm here tonight, I believe, on a mandate from the Holy Ghost to help somebody. And you know what? If, if you're here tonight and you need a bailout plan, there's no better plan than the Word of God. I believe that. Amen. So I'm going to preach to you tonight very simply by the field. By the field. I want to talk to you a little bit about some things that I'm truly convicted about. And that is b- being in alignment with the thoughts of God, being in alignment with the plan of God. There is something that has somehow lost its grip in our movement, and again, I'm not throwing darts, so I don't want you to think I'm getting started off on the wrong foot, but there's something in our movement, especially among our men, that has become a missing element, and I believe it's an authentic fear of God. People don't fear the Lord like they used to, and and I understand the context of the word. If we were to jump into an exegesis of the scripture, I understand the context of the word, but we've spent so much time explaining away that fearing the Lord doesn't mean fear like we think, and we've explained it so much away that we don't we don't fear him anymore. People play games with God, and they don't they don't fear the Lord. This is this is just how I was raised, and. I, I think it's one of the things that we have moved away from preaching the imminent return of Christ. When I was a boy, I was raised believing that just as sure as I put that bottle to my lips, that the moment I took a drink, that the trumpet was going to sound. Anybody here raised like that? Pick that cigarette up and put it in your mouth just as sure as you drag it one good time. Ba ba da da! That pretty little old girl walked by and you think, Lord, have mercy. She winked at me. I know that's got to be right, but just as sure. There's nobody but men in here, right? Is that right? There's no women in here. Are we streaming? Oh, God, help me. Just as sure as you make up in your mind that you think it's worth whatever it's going to cost, the trumpet would sound. That's the way I was raised. I was raised believing he could come anytime. I've studied the feast I've studied I believe it man it's amazing I love jumping in the tabernacle the feast of the Lord and I believe there's prophetic utterance to it I believe it's got a ring to it I believe we're going to see God do everything in order it's not just random but I'm telling you we need to get back to the days that we honestly believe in the apostolic church that he could come back right now We need to get back to the place where it's on our mind and we're thinking about it all the time. I'm not talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'm not talking about a Friday night men's conference. I mean, when you got up this morning, it was on your mind. Today could be the day. When you live like he could come at any time, it's a lot easier to be in alignment. My granddad, Brother Bingham, used to say all the time, he'd say, son, we need to, we need to prepare like he's not coming back for a 100 years, but we need to live like he could come any moment. He said, take care of your money, take care of your finances, take care of your retirement, get it all lined up, but everything you do, he said, you need to act like he's not gonna come for a 100 years when it comes to your pocketbook. He said, but you need to wake up every day saying today, Come on, can I help somebody tonight? Today could be the day. I don't know how you feel about it tonight, but I'm telling you, I'm a man that believes he could come before we leave here tonight. And the reason why I'm preaching this to you is I believe that there's possibly some men in this room tonight that if the trumpet were to sound while we're sitting in this meeting, woo. We got. We we've got to get back in alignment, and so I want you to understand as men, your role is so vitally important in the body of Christ. I have in January, uh, January coming up, I will have been in my home church for twenty four years in full pastoral ministry, full time pastoral ministry, and I can tell you that men are valuable to the church. They're valuable to the kingdom of God But somehow our roles have got crossed up And we have become fabricators of revival We have become men that make it happen Anybody in here fixers? You're a fixer by nature When there's something wrong You just feel like it's got to be fixed And that's presented a problem in the kingdom of God Because we were never created to be fabricators of revival We were created to be conduits of the glory of God Oh, Lord, I'm going to loosen up my tie because I'm fixing to get down in here for a minute. But the issue is that the conduit's been so closed off that it couldn't flow in our churches. There's been so much in the conduit that the glory can't flow through our men like it used to. And when we couldn't get it to flow, we just started fabricating it. When we couldn't get the authentic flow, we just figured out a way. I believe, with all my heart, I believe that's why the old men wept when the temple was finished. I believe the young men were dancing and shouting, but the old men were weeping. They weren't weeping because it was done. I believe the old men were weeping because of what was missing in the temple. I believe the old men were weeping because the younger generation in the latter temple would never know anything about the Urim and the Thummim and the supernatural moves of God. There was fire on the altar, but it was a different fire. The old house, the fire came from heaven. They couldn't manipulate that. Oh, God. I'm starting to feel comfortable in here right now. There was fire on the altar, but it was a manufactured fire. It was different. And the old man stood in the distance and wept because that generation would never know the power of a fire that they didn't start. And they couldn't manipulate. If we're going to have the end time harvest that I believe God has promised us, it is not going to rest on the women of our churches. <laughs> Woo! When the conduit's blocked We just come up with ways We've learned to manufacture What, what couldn't be produced supernaturally And this is why, this is why we, we struggle And I, I really hope this don't come across negative I'm here to reach for you tonight But this is why we have better preaching than we've ever heard. Man, we got some sharp young preachers coming on right now, amazing preachers. But you know what I'm hungry for? I'm not hungry for a polished presentation. I'm hungry for science to confirm the word. I'm hungry for something supernatural and I believe that's, that's where we're at right now. I believe that's where we're at on the timeline of the church. We're gonna have to decide if we're gonna be a supernatural movement or if we're just going to slip in with everybody else, but have a little more charisma than they have, I'm going to tell you what we need. We need some apostolic men that are hungry for the deep things of God. You're more hungry for revival than you are another dollar bill. You're more hungry for a move of God than you are overtime on the weekend. Oh, Rabashat ala kota I know this is a little different tonight, but I'm asking you to stay with me. And if there's a, I, I'm, I'm nobody's pastor in this room, and if there's a pastor in here that feels different than I do, if he's your pastor, he's right. But I'm going to tell you the way I feel about this tonight. I feel like the enemy has blinded our minds to make us feel like we've got to work so much harder to keep up with people in bigger homes and nicer cars. And I, I believe it's the will of God for us to be blessed. But I'm going to tell you something, men. We don't need your extra tithing in the church as much as we need your presence. Your presence in the house of God is more valuable than an extra $17 a week in tithe. I preach all across this movement. I thank the Lord for it. I've, I've, I've been blessed. I preached all over this country. I preached around the world. And I'm going to tell you something in the American church is that women carry a lot of the load. I'm talking from childhood. It was the women that showed up to prayer meeting. It was the women getting the kids dressed, dragging them to church. It was the women going into bedrooms at night, laying hands on the kids, praying prayers over them while daddy's sitting in the living room in the recliner. Come on, can I preach to y'all tonight and you love me when I leave here? It's a shame we'll send our kids to bed and make mamas pray prayers over them. while well, well, we don't want them in the living room because we want to listen to the TV say things that we would wash their mouths out with soap if they said it. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's time for apostolic men to stand up and be men of God. I understand the pressure that falls on the priest of the pulpit, but there's got to be pressure that falls on the priest of the home. We've got to get our homes in alignment. And I want to tell you that if my home is in alignment with God's thoughts, it's not going to be because my wife got in alignment. It's going to be because I get in alignment. I hope y'all don't think I'm here tonight to put a flying elbow on you. I'm not, I'm not here to hurt nobody, but I'm telling you what I'm hungry for in the Holy Ghost. When you pick up the scripture and you read the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, he said, he said you got an amazing faith in you. He said it was in your mother and in your grandmother. But nowhere at all does he mention his father and his grandfathers. Well, see there, Brother St. Clair, Timothy made it with his mother and his grandmother. I'm gonna tell you what I believe. I believe if you want a bunch more Timothys, we gotta get it off of Lois and Eunice. And we gotta put it on some men of God that if your boy's gonna learn to pray, he's gonna learn to pray because his daddy taught him to pray. He's gonna learn to pray because his granddaddy taught him to pray. Come on. I'm not ashamed to be emotional and Holy Ghost-filled. It's all right for our sons and daughters to see us weep and cry in the presence of the Lord. Oh, God, we don't want all the pressure being on the young people of the church to be the aisle runners and the dancers. We need some men of God that'll get up out of our pew and get out in the aisle and run and dance and shout and seek the face of God. We need mighty men. Well, Brother St. Clair, the Lord, the, the Lord's word said that if I don't provide for my family, I'm worse I'm worse than an infidel. But I want to tell you, God called you to be more than a provider to your family. God called you to be a priest in your home. God called you to lead your family. Brothers and sisters in the church, we, we, we've got to understand this. I, I could go, it's a principle that's in the scripture time after time after time. We could, we could grab story after story. But let's just grab this one for the sake of time tonight. When the Lord spoke to Abraham about taking Isaac to the mountain. He didn't expect Sarah to do the walking. Are you with me tonight? God didn't speak to the man of the house and then mama take the son to the place of sacrifice. But while Isaac and Abram were walking, the Bible said that he looked at his daddy and he said, behold, We've got fire, and we've got wood, but we don't have a sacrifice. Now, we could get into all the sacrifice. I love, that's doctrine preaching. But I'm not here to jump in the deep end tonight. I'm here to preach to you. And I want to ask you a question tonight. Where do you think the fire came from that Abraham had? He didn't wait till he got to the altar to build a fire. He grabbed the fire from the house and carried it with him and his boy. Men... Revival don't start in your church on Sundays. Revival starts when you start a fire in your house and you bring your children with the fire to the altar of sacrifice. Everybody doing all right? I know I'm the only thing standing between you and Eye tonight. The kingdom is like unto a treasure hid in a field. When a man, are you hearing me tonight? When the man finds it, he hides it. He goes and sells everything that he has and buys the field. Now this is written in parabolic form. This is, it's a parable that Jesus is telling but my brain thinks weird, and when I read parabolic form, I have to read it in a literal context. I, I, I want to know some things. How did the man buy the field if it wasn't for sale? So obviously the field was for sale. Who was selling the field? Can I just walk this path with y'all for a minute tonight? If I'm if I'm off, I'm off. But I'm going to tell you how this works in my mind. I believe there was a for sale sign on the field. And I believe the man walked by and kicked some dirt around and wanted to see the field. And the more he looked around, he got to looking back in the back where nobody really goes to look when they drive by the sign and digs around wants to feel the soil. Is this rich soil? Is it good soil? Is this going to be... If I'm going to put everything I've got into this farm, I want it to be good soil. Oh, God. I, I want it to be good soil. That We know he was willing to risk everything he had to buy the farm we know that so he wants to be sure that it's good but while he's walking the field the Bible said he found some treasure now this is just the way my mind works somebody had to hide that treasure in the field and I believe it was the old man that owned it that died and now his kids are selling the field they're selling the field because they watched their daddy work with the Sweat of his brow. They watched their daddy bust his knuckles turning wrenches on the old tractor. Trying to get it ready and when daddy died they said, I don't want anything to do with the field. Because the field, oh you ain't hearing me tonight. Because the field is too much labor. Labor. I've watched my daddy sow seeds every year and reap the harvest. I'd rather go to the grocery store to get my harvest. I'd rather let somebody else have the harvest. I I don't want this field that my daddy's got. I I, I don't want it. But what they didn't know is their daddy had taken the treasure and buried it in the field. Their daddy had taken the the family treasure and he buried it in the field. You know why it did that? Because he knew that the man that found the treasure was looking for value in the field. He wasn't a treasure hunter. He wasn't there to find the treasure. He said if a man's gonna find this treasure, it's gonna be because he wants the field. It's gonna be because, it's gonna be because he's hungry for the harvest. That young generation didn't want the field. They didn't want to work by the sweat of their brow. They didn't want to dirty up their boots. But what they didn't know is there was a treasure hidden in that field. They didn't want to pay the price for harvest. But there was a treasure in that field. And this is what that generation needs to know. If you sell the field, you lose the treasure. (laughs) Hallelujah. Brethren, revival don't come cheap. But you can't go to the market and buy it. If your family's gonna have revival, if they're gonna have the treasure of revival, it's gonna be because the dirt of the field is under your fingernails. Woo! God have mercy. I don't, want nothing, I don't want nothing to do I don't want nothing to do With the field Well if you lose the field You lose the treasure We got too many treasure hunters mm. When my granddaddy left Louisiana 1965 Moved to Indiana Our city was a major headquarters for a large denomination. And when he moved to Indiana, that denomination said, if you spoke in tongues, you were of the devil. Now, what they don't know is I'm going to end up taking their building someday, Brother Thornton. But now they've got tongue talkers in their pew. Because if they preach against tongues now, it's going to cost them a tithe payer or two. It's hard to find a good Baptist in my part of the country that don't at least believe in the Holy Ghost. Come on now. I, I mean, I've got denominational men in my city that have received the Holy Ghost but won't preach its essential. we got people in my town. Now, that used to be of the devil. But we've got them now. It don't matter what, what group they're a part of. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, they'll do it. But if you want to be baptized in the titles, they'll do it, Brother Walton, they'll do it. Whatever you want, they'll do it. You know what the problem is with that scenario? That's people that's wanting the treasure. Right. God. God. They mocked us and they scoffed us until their grandkids got the Holy Ghost. they didn't want to lose them to Pentecost, so they said, if you want the feeling, just take the feeling. But baby, you can't have the feeling without the feel. I don't I don't have time to run you all the way through this, so you're gonna have to take my word. I'm not gonna leave I'm not gonna leave the Bible on this. But when Jesus came in flipping tables over, he didn't do it because he was mad they were having a bake sale. They weren't selling banana bread and peanut brittle. God, the whole Pentecostal movement would be lost and damned to hell if that was a, We built our churches on peanut brittle. You know what they were selling? We're selling sacrifice because the generation before them raised it, invested in it. Their kids played with it in the yard. But when it came time for sacrifice they had to explain to their children we've got to now kill what we've invested in. It's always easier to buy it at the church Come on. Come on. than it is to raise it in the house. But Jesus came in flipping over tables. What he was saying to them is you can't have the treasure if you don't have the field. Yeah. Brother, the only way we're gonna have apostolic revival and demonstration and power and signs confirming the word is when we sell out to the field. I don't just want the treasure, I want the field. I thank God for this Holy Ghost message. I thank God for this holiness message. I'm so glad that I'm in a holiness church tonight. I'm glad to be in a holiness movement. You know what holiness is? It's the field. It's buying it. We don't just want the experience. We want it to be a lifeline. We want it to be a way of life. I'm, I'm hurrying, but I, but, but I want to tell you, we filled our kids with false hope. God, I don't want to mess this up tonight. When they hear their pastor preach one thing on Sunday, but they sit at the dinner table on Monday night and say, that don't matter here. Daddy, I don't understand why Pastor preaches against us going to the dance. It's just a dance. Why can't I go dance? Come on, Come on. Come on. Come on, preach it. Come on. Well, baby, we just won't say nothing to Pastor. You know what we're telling them? Come on, y'all can preach it to me. I, I'm not in the deep end. You can preach it. You know what we're telling them? You can have the treasure. But you don't have to have the field. have holiness while the pastor's in the room. But as long as our leadership's not here. There's a different set of rules in this house than there is that house. We're telling our kids they can access the treasure. But brethren, I want you to know you can't have the treasure if you don't buy the field. You know why that old man buried that treasure? Because it mattered to him. Because he paid for it. That treasure came from many a year of harvest. That treasure was the savings that he had accumulated by investing, and he knew, he knew that the next generation had been spoiled by the blessings that had come through his hands. But I'm telling you young men something tonight. You're not gonna make this happen by the sweat of your granddaddy's brow. This ain't gonna happen because your daddy knew how to pray. If you want this treasure, you gotta buy the field. Come on, let's just love the Lord together, could we? I feel him troubling the waters right now. I'm telling you, I feel it. I told you I'm not here to preach a pretty sermon. I'm here to grab hold of some dear brother tonight and pick you up out of the miry clay and tell you there's still time to buy in tonight. There's still time to redeem your children tonight. There's still time to bring them into the field tonight. (laughs) I feel like we're about just a couple men away from a breakthrough in here right now. Uh, woo. Come on, if you sell the field, you lose the treasure. God have mercy. Now I'm going to talk to you tonight, the Holy Ghost isn't done moving, but I'm asking you men to put your seatbelts on for just a minute because I'm here on assignment, okay? We can preach about the church, but I'm going to talk to you, oh God, I feel my help here. I'm going to talk to you in the Holy Ghost tonight about the spirit that this has produced. Hmm. I've never seen more lack of commitment from people than there is today. If you don't like the job you got, just go get another one. You don't like the house you got, just go get another one. You don't like the wife you got? Come on, don't let me lose you now. Y'all been with me tonight. I'm going to tell you what's produced this. It's fixing to be tight as a well-strung banjo in here. But this is why I came tonight. The fantasy world that has been promoted among men in America has created spiritual issues in men because we don't know how to separate fantasy and reality. Can I, can I just be explicit? To, I'm, I'm not going to be filthy. We're, we're straight. I don't mean filthy, but I'm going to be plain. And I'm going to tell you what happens on the internet boys I want you to listen to me tonight they're selling the treasure and telling you you can have it without buying the field when you jump in the sack with another man's wife you're after the treasure God Man, I had y'all on doctrine. I'm telling you how we're gonna build the strongest churches we've ever had. Mm. This fantasy world has produced false realities of what intimacy feels like. I know I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. It's it's produced a world that cannot exist in in true reality. It can't. Now, oh boy. If you want to look up a skinny one, look up a skinny one. If you want to look up one that's well endowed, look up one that's well endowed. Come on, I don't have have to break this down Gerber style. Y'all know what I'm saying. If you want one that's a little more tan, look it up. And then your little old Holy Ghost filled wife can't meet the standard that's that's in your mind. I feel it. I'm going to prophesy in this room right now. God's about to set somebody free in here. I'm telling you, I feel it. Sure as I'm breathing, I just felt a strong angel move in this room right now. This has created chaos in the mind of worshipers because you can make God exactly what you want him to be. If you want him to be a prosperity God, you can make him prosperity if you want him to be a God that understands your lack of faithfulness to the house of God because you're making more money so you're bringing more tithe, that's all right, Saul, but don't ever forget, it's better to obey. Am I, am I preaching in here tonight? Come on, I know I'm not thundering and spitting to the fifth row. I gotta slow this down and get this in your spirit tonight. God has got to break this fantasy world off of the minds of apostolic men. I'm telling you, they can preach whatever they want on TBN. There's still only one way. There's still only one door. There's There's still only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. This is not multiple choice. You don't get to pick the contemporary God or the traditional God. You know what the Bible called that? It's another Jesus. I hadn't left the book yet. Well, I'm probably about to ruffle some feathers. I'm almost done. I'm going to tell you. Woo! Brother, I'm going to need security to get me out of here tonight. I want you all to hear this preacher when I tell you. I still believe you've got to speak in other tongues to get the Holy Ghost. Okay? This is going to be strong. You may disagree, but I'm going to walk you down the road tonight. But I don't believe just because you spoke in tongues, you've got it. because if you've got it you've got fruit you can speak with the tongues of men and angels there needs to be some low hanging fruit on the branches of your life when you've been filled with the Holy Ghost you're different than every other man in the break room where you weren't come on probably walking where angels dare to trod tonight, but I'm telling you, there's some things, I'm not on my notes, I only had chicken scratch down, but I'm gonna tell you, there's some other Jesus messages that are coming into our movement that I'm not for. As the old brethren used to say, I'm a it. <laughs> Come on. We can't, we can't paint the picture of a social drinking Jesus in Pentecost, and that be all right. Come on, brethren. You can't have the treasure without the field. I don't care what they're preaching at the mega church that your work buddies go to. We can't preach another Christ. And I don't care if they do talk in tongues and if they will baptize you in Jesus' name. This is not a fantasy. And eternity is going to be your reality. Come on, I believe I preach what the Lord asked me to preach here tonight. And I'm asking you, precious men of God, if the word of the Lord has picked your hearts right now, we don't need any music. We don't need anybody picking us up. I'm telling you, if you're in this house tonight and you want to buy the field, I'm asking you to take a step of faith tonight and say, I'll, my pastor will never have that conversation with me again. My wife will never have to worry about that with me again. I am buying the field tonight. Uh. Come on, men of God, come on, men of God. There's nothing wrong with wanting the treasure, but you don't get the treasure without the field. Men of God that are greater than me have hid the treasure in the field, and